up, get up, Grandpa. Don't you know it's daylight saving time? Yeah, I know it. I don't know who in the world ever got it up. It don't do nobody a bit of good. Daylight saving never did anyone any good, a sentiment a lot of Europe agree with. But soon, Europe will be leaving wintertime to turn the clocks forward an hour to summertime once more, even though it seemed they would never do it again. So why is one hour causing such a fuss? You're listening to You're Up to Date with me, Claire Richardson, and my co-host, Rebecca Ritters. Today on the show, we are talking about a hotly contested topic, daylight saving time. It turns out daylight saving time is more than just a nuisance. In addition to having to walk around your house, changing all of the clocks, figuring out how to reprogram your microwave, and let's be honest, often I leave that several weeks after the fact so you feel constantly out of sync. I can never remember. Exactly. It turns out there's a lot of data showing that this actually has a really negative impact on people's health, and that in the day after the clocks go forward or backward, there's an increase in the number of strokes and heart attack, as well as things like traffic accidents. Everybody is so thrown off by this, and so badly adjusted from their circadian rhythm, that it actually has a real impact on their health. But this is nothing new, so why are we talking about it now? Well... Back in September last year, the European Commission, spearheaded by the president, Jean-Claude Juncker, set out legislation to end the clock change. This came after overwhelming support by EU citizens who firmly backed scrapping the daylight saving in a public poll, basically. That's right. They put out a survey that was voluntary to take part in. It was basically, you could go online and tell the European Union how you felt about daylight saving time. So to be clear, that's something voluntary. And imagine what kind of person is actually taking the time out of their day to go register their complaints about this kind of thing. The kind of people who have Facebook pages on this topic. So, you know, people who are very passionate, but it may not necessarily be the majority in In fact, only 4.6 million people responded, which is less than 1% of the entire population of Europe. Among those people who did take the time, it was more than 80% who voted for getting rid of daylight saving time altogether. And then a big division among those people is what comes next. If you're going to have only one time zone all year, is it going to be winter time, which is what they call it here and is essentially the normal time, or summertime, which is what we call daylight saving time. One hour forward. And it's highly divisive. There are, as you say, Facebook groups with tens of thousands of members of people going on all sorts of esoteric uh, rants about why one version's better than the other, why only God can decide the time, why there is statistical evidence in either direction. And you can imagine it also breaks down a bit by country lines in terms of where you are situated geographically. Germans voted overwhelmingly. Out of the 4.6 million, they were by far the highest number of people who voted to scrap daylight savings altogether. The majority want to stick to the summertime. But they're not the only ones. We spoke to people from around the continent. Here's a sample of some of the people we spoke to from Poland, Holland and Ireland. They all agree to get rid of it. Especially this first guy who's a bus driver that says working an extra hour overnight when the clocks do change is a real pain. Working an extra hour anytime is a real pain. Definitely is. (laughs) My work, it's a problem, I'm a bus driver, so at this day I have 3 o'clock in the morning and the next, next hour I have 
three o'clock again and I need to work another hour. So that's the problem. Well, I'm a flight attendant and I see, uh, well, I travel to a lot of different time zones. It's a bit, a bit annoying, I guess. So like they're thinking of changing it that it doesn't happen anymore. I think that would be for the best. I kind of think it's just a bit of an archaic thing. So most people, as we've said, particularly the Germans, are really against daylight saving time altogether. But there is pressure from places like Portugal and Greece, which are obviously a bit further south and very sunny, as well as the Netherlands to maintain a shifting of the clocks twice a year. I think it's a lose-lose situation. I really think the problem is that we just don't have enough sun in the day in the wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere. And maybe we could do something to change that instead. You got a plan for that, Rebecca? (laughs) I vote you for EU president, if that's the case. Exactly. I'll see what I can do. I'll have a word. (laughs) Uh, Another interesting thing that I found out while researching this was that I think it's a commonly held misconception that the reason we ever had daylight saving time was to make farmers happy, that they could then have more daylight in the morning when they needed to go out and milk the cows. But it turns out farmers actually don't like this at all. It makes their lives harder because now they not only have to cater to the needs of the public who are awake on a later schedule, but also they're waking up early either way. And they're having to deal with jet-lagged cows. I mean, those poor cows are so confused. I don't know whether they're Arthur or Martha. So how did this all get started anyway, Rebecca? Well, daylight savings came from the Germans, would you believe? <laughs> it all started during World War One, and was... Exactly that, a daylight saving measure, a measure to save power, basically. During those lean times of war, the Germans thought it would be a good idea to give people an extra hour of light and so people wouldn't be using so much electricity. Hmm, Interesting. And a lot of other countries followed suit with this idea. Yeah, absolutely. The German Empire were the first to do it. It soon spread to other countries. Um, It wasn't really standardized across Western Europe until the 1980s, but since then it's more or less been in place unchanged. The schedule of when to change the clocks was standardized across the continent in only in 1996, which really wasn't that long ago. Then after 1996, we all had to remember every single year that it was spring forward, fall back. If you're someone like me who hadn't researched an entire podcast episode before this, you had to be reminded every single six months which way the clock is actually meant to go and whether you're gaining an hour or losing an hour of sleep. Everyone has definitely experienced it, uh, maybe even (laughs) slept too long the next morning. Rick Nowak, foreign affairs reporter for The Washington Post in Europe. And everyone sort of has an opinion on it. And and it is, frankly, it's a fascinating topic. I mean, time zones and um, why, for instance, Spain is in the completely wrong time zone and has been for 80 years. I mean, because they're too far out west for where they are or what's the, yes, what's the problem so, so, with Spain? So really, when you look at a map, um, Spain should be um, in the same time zone as Portugal and, and the United Kingdom. But it really is not. It's, <laughs> um, it's uh, pretty much in the same time zone as, for instance, Serbia or Germany, which is crazy crazy because when you think about it, um, Serbia is about 1,500 miles to the east of Spain. And that really has an impact on the Spanish economy, on how people live. That's why, that's one of the reasons why Spanish people uh, tend to eat quite late, uh, yeah. both lunch and and dinner, and um, and it's light out so late. It is light out, yeah. And it, the thing is, it doesn't make a lot of economic sense. So let's talk about the jurisdiction. Why can't a country like Spain just make that change unilaterally and decide that it's going to move itself? further east in the time zone game. Some countries outside the EU uh, that are European have done that over the last few months and years. They have indeed kind of 
skipped all this and decided we're, we're not doing this any longer. Russia, for instance, being one of uh, one example. In the EU, it's a lot more complicated because back in, I think, 1981, uh, the EU decided to issue this directive that essentially said you can't, um, you'll have to change your clock uh, twice a year and you just can't decide on your own, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, we're going to be in a different time zone, uh, we're going to do whatever we want, uh, or we're not going to um, take part in this in this whole thing. The idea was to be consistent about it and to um, to not have any chaos in, in, a, in a way. And that's why um, it's quite complicated to change the whole system. So what do you think is going to happen next? How like Do you think it will be successfully scrapped, even if it's delayed at the moment? Well, it's hard to predict it. I mean, the um, it's interesting how the debate has shifted. Everyone is very certain uh, a few months ago that it would definitely happen. The uh, European Commission has announced it, and now it's definitely going to happen. And this is going to be the last time even this, um, you know, we've changed our clocks. And clearly that hasn't happened. Um, and it's it, it already indicates how difficult it is to change a system as a block we're not talking about a country here that has to make a decision, but about uh, 28, 27 member states that have to reach a joint conclusion. And even within countries, there are so many different interests. I mean, when you look at Spain, you have, um, of course, the peninsula, the mainland, but then you also have islands that are pretty far away and they mm. can't agree <laughs> with each other on the time zone they, they'd like to be in or whether they want to keep daylight saving time or not. And given that every government would have to improve it, I... I'm not really seeing how this would, you know, go ahead anytime soon. It seemed to gain so much like support, though. So how can suddenly it change so drastically? That, that's true. I mean, there are good arguments in favor. Researchers who who have produced some credible arguments and evidence that the whole concept of changing uh, clocks does increase accidents. People tend to have sort of a jet lag for up to four days. And this energy saving argument that was always made in the last century, that actually only accounts for about 0.5 um, to 2% uh, energy uh, cost savings. But the question is, what do you change it to? I mean, do you want to give every member state the choice to do whatever they want? Do you force all countries to have winter time, constant winter time? or summertime. How do you reach an agreement on that? And the likely scenario, of course, would be to have every member state decide by itself. But then there's the question, I mean, is it really going to make things easier and better? Or is it just going to create many more problems that um, will end up you know, eating up basically the benefits of it all? Even though it seems like a small issue, it actually highlights greater problems within the EU as a whole. Really, if you can't get 28 countries or 27 in the future to agree on something. The 28 to 27 <laughs> might be a bigger <laughs> institutional <Yeah>. flaw. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Um, it, it's sort of a metaphor for um, every country has um, different interests and it really is hard to reach a unanimous decision. But it also shows uh, that the EU has quite a lot of leverage or is it, it's powerful because when you uh, think about it um, if the EU decided to scrap the whole thing the number of nations in the world um, having daylight saving time would be reduced by about a third um, there's currently 70 nations doing it um, so it does show the EU is quite big and it is a force to be reckoned with but also one that's really hard to navigate and control in a way um, so it's sort of a metaphor for <laughs> a, a lot of things from from Brexit to uh, to to domestic fights to uh, the European Commission and the European Parliament. 
All right. And just before we wrap up, do you have a personal preference to daylight savings time? Yes, no, summer, winter? Well, um, I I mean, I always miss my deadline the morning after um, it happens. (laughs) So if the US and Europe were to say, you know, to (laughs) decide on the same um, on the same solution, I think that I, I would be in favor of uh, probably scrapping it. <laughs> it's the worst when Europe changes its clocks and the US hasn't quite done it for the next couple of weeks and you're in this weird limbo where nobody's quite sure what time it yes, is. Yes, that's the problem. It's not adjusted. Yeah. I think America uh, does it first, right? Yeah. There, there's always, yeah, there's always this one week where um, instead of six hour time difference to DC, it's like five hours and I I'm Australian. You don't late. even need to know. Tell me it's a nightmare. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> I know all about that. Daylight saving time is so complicated in many ways. Um, but yeah, it, um, it used to be a great concept. Rick Nowak, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thanks for having me. Do you want my personal opinion? Always. I vote for nay. To be honest, I think it's more trouble than it's worth. And in 2019, if you think about the reason that it was initially implemented was to save power. Now we use power day or night for everything that we do. Computers, phones, hair dryers, I don't know, whatever. Pretty good at doing it around the clock, regardless of whether we're forward or backward one hour. Exactly. And of course, it's very important in this day and age that we are saving power, but I think there are better ways of doing it. The European Commission did a study on this, and the data has come back as inconclusive as to whether it's energy saving anyway. So, you know, I think for all the trouble that it's worth, Summertime gets my vote. So Rebecca Ritter's in favor of summertime all the time. We're going to have to wait and see whether the European Union agrees with you and gets on board. We'll know at the earliest in 2021 whether they decide to scrap daylight saving time altogether. We can only hope they put the issue to bed, Claire. Something to sleep on. This podcast was made possible with support from the School of Culture and Communication at the University of Melbourne and Bear Radio in Berlin. Audio production by Zarafine Dingus, cover art by Angelique Herring, unoriginal jingle by GarageBand, produced and hosted by us, Claire Richardson and Rebecca Ritters. Rebecca Ritters.